Well, hey, friends don't spoil friends. And uh, there are a lot of spoilers in this podcast. So consider that we are friends and that this is your warning that spoilers, that's how you say the word, spoilers are coming. Um, Turn back now. What's that? Turn back now. (laughs) Yes, run away. So uh, this is Finding the Way, a weekly podcast where three friends discuss the latest episode of Disney's amazing series. Although, unfortunately, today we're just two. Our uh, our beloved friend, our Princess Leia. Um, <laughs> she'd probably want to be called uh, Padme Amidala, yeah, right? Our Padme. <laughs> um, She's- our Padme uh, is is getting ready to take some exams so that she can become a, a senator in the Republic. Rest in um, peace, Marin. Yes, when we, we normally get you. together, we um, we discuss the latest episode of Disney's amazing series, The Mandalorian. So this is our fourth episode, and um, we just continue onwards and upwards. And we miss Marin today, but we're gonna we're gonna go for it. So keep on trucking. Um, yep, I'm Keith Meyer, and uh, who are you, <laughs> ghostly companion? I'm Brad Tullis, uh, and it's good, great to have you guys here. So we're talking about. Um, episode oh man i lost what number is it is it 15 season season two episode seven yeah so that would be yeah that'd be 15 uh, out of the 15. whole out of the whole thing yeah so yeah great episode and this one this is called the believer do you have any uh any idea who the believer is as you, as you watch this episode did you ask that question yeah i did actually and so uh two two i mean i think i think we can determine that maybe uh not maybe i think we can determine that that it's probably either migs or mando uh, okay i i think that mando is the guy that is presented as the religious zealot but also right. like the good religious zealot so like right. um he's a good-hearted uh guy that follows his convictions um almost like at, to a t if he can and sure. Miggs Mayfield is this hardened Imperial. Uh, I mean, he was Imperial before he uh, got out, but he, he's this, this hardened Imperial uh, cynic, you know, that believes that every, everything, everyone believes certain things because of the place that they were raised in. It was actually really interesting. Uh, we'll get to that. I think, I think sure. we'll get to that because, yeah. because there, there's a lot to say there, but I'd offer, I, I, I'd like to offer a third perspective on who the believer is. I think it's sure. possible that the believer is the Imperial officer who, uh, in the face of the collapsed empire, um, still maintains the, uh, the, the rightness of the empire, uh, the agenda of the empire and the perspective that allowed the empire to oppress so many people. Um, Interesting. You know, he's very, he's very much, uh, he's holding on to, 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 he's keeping the faith, even though the the, the faith has collapsed. Well, that's so. definitely a theme that runs through the episode, right? Like Mando and Migs are talking about, I mean, generally like worldviews the entire time. We don't, we, yeah. I mean, you, you can call it faith. You can call it worldviews like either way. That's definitely what's going on. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're talking about like, why do we believe what we believe? And that's such an interesting topic for this kind of podcast, right? Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the episode opens on this prison planet, whatever it is. Right. And we, we start, we see, uh, um, this, uh, this sharpshooter from, uh, season one, Migs Mayfield, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, uh, and, and, and so 
Um, the robot comes and calls his name three four six six seven uh, inmate three four six six seven like a dozen times, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, I was hoping that robot would be um, K two S O from Rogue One because like okay. the long lanky legs and everything. Like when yeah. the, when that shot came up, but it it ended up just being a prison droid. And uh, but no, I was I was really looking forward to some K two S O, but. You know, uh, I went back and I counted uh, the number of times the second time I saw it, and it was eight times. I was just wondering if that was significant. Like, was it going to keep happening through the episode, or eight times that uh, he referenced his prisoner number? Eight times that he said the inmate number. Yeah, you know what? You know what? I I, I love. Um, I, I think there's such a tremendous attention to detail when you when you look at Migs Mayfield's prison uniform. He has two lights on his outfit, and. Um, this is something that happened in the very last episode too, where there were, um, no, no, no. This happened in the episode, the magistrate where the, um, the guards on the planet, you know, who, who work for the magistrate, uh, they also had lights on their uniforms and whenever, uh, whoever it is, is connected to the empire related to them, the lights are always red and white. That's mm. like consistent. And so I'm just, I have, I have so much love for uh the level of of detail yeah um consistency when, uh, too oh yeah when when they when they start to walk towards uh where where migs is being taken you know they 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 cut and the 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 camera's panning up and slave one comes into view i mean i seriously like i wanted to cry i was so excited <laughs> like like it's even though you know, you've, it, even though you've I, seen slave one before oh, it's just like gosh it yeah. just looked so good, you know, and it's like it just it reeks of that like empire rusty falling apart universe that I love so much, yep. you know, where it's, you know, you drive the car that you can afford, not the one that you want. So and, speaking of that, did you yeah. did you enjoy the Boba Fett armor cleanup or were you like, that's terrible? I, I, I'll, I'll take your perspective on it first. I okay cool I was so you know you know I'm a prequel fan and we and we sure we go back and forth on that I saw a little bit of Django in the boba and I was like I was like this is pretty cool I mean he looked he looked like a straight up like Christmas decoration (laughs) you know what I mean but he also looked cool and so um I I actually watched a video from uh, a good guy on YouTube called Star Wars Theory. Man, that okay. he, he he really that guy is passionate about Star Wars. I've never seen yeah. somebody like so devoted to the lore. And and he, yeah. he he like he was like, okay, let's let's provide a character rationale rationale for why Boba Fett would wait until this exact time to clean his armor. And he was like, well, you can think about Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit. You can think about like um not having his armor for years and you can think about like okay so he's now he's now extremely happy that he has life he's now extremely happy that he has um he has the armor back and and like he he doesn't take any of those two things for granted he's not busy he's a nomad he's like he's got more time on his hands than he was when he was a henchman for Jabba and a sure and, and and an imperial so to me it was like this makes sense. He 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 could have just really wanted to cl- how he cleaned his armor. I have no idea because I I thought those were more like scratches and bumps and like I don't know I don't know how you would make the armor look that pristine. But I don't really care about that. It's like Star Wars. You know, you, there's probably some kind of naturally occurring armor 
<laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? There, so, there's a okay. way to make that so, happen. So, all right. Let's let's do a throwback here. I'll confess. I um, I endured uh, the, the major portion of a prequel in order to uh, watch the Django Obi-Wan fight and yeah. the, um, the Django. Oh, you went back to Obi- episode two. Wow. I did. I did. The, um, as, as Obi-Wan pursues Django through the asteroid field, both of which I think are, are, are very well done segments. Mm-hmm. And I understand why they wanted to make the prequels. You know, it's just, I think they were defeated by the dark side of CGI <laughs> that it's, it's just way too much. Right. Uh, way too much CGI. But, um, you, you know, when uh, when Obi-Wan is out trying to outrun uh, Django and he fires the missile at him, he tells uh, R4 to eject the spare parts pods. Yeah. Where, you know, I think like where does Boba Fett have his where's his armor paint? You know, it's probably keeps it like wherever a guy keeps his shoe shine kit. You know, it's on a ship. That's his house. He's got his stuff and he's. Huh. Like, you know, so he gets his armor back and he's like, man, I am going to clean this junk up. And it looks awesome. I mean, he looked so good. Uh, there were a couple times in the in the show where they cut to him and he was like piloting and he had that like uh, that early Power Ranger feel, you know, like he's up in the top of the Zord, you know, and he's yeah. like, hang on, you know, and everybody's like th- getting thrown around. Right. Uh, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, did you notice there was no theme music this time? For the uh, intro credits? For the intro credits, we yeah. moved right into uh, this ominous, cool. I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I was like yeah. The, the episode was trying to do something different, and I and I have I, I think it has to do with war and uh, humanizing the empire and all these other stuff that we're about to get into, and I and I, and maybe that played into it. It's like, hey, this isn't this isn't a normal episode of the Mandalorian. Like, I want you to start thinking. Maybe that's what the the music cued because I'm a firm believer that people use the score to uh, to really set the tone. Uh, like, yeah. especially when like you know you're you're going through an action scene and there's some variation of da 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 da. You know, like there's there's um even even in this episode there was like a jungle themed version of that where the action was taking place so yeah there's definitely like this tendency and and a really good one too i mean sometimes composers try and fail but usually star wars composers i don't know how they hire them but they hit it right on the mark almost every time yeah yeah no it was it was good i mean it was good it was just like i don't know it's noticeable that you know like okay something something didn't happen here um, right, you know something typical that happens, and it just kind of rolled right into it. It was it was awesome. Um, so okay, they're on Slave One. They're heading to Morak, right? They're heading to this uh, to this planet where they manufacture uh, what what sci-fi people call unobtainium. You mm-hmm. know, like here's this magical substance that all of a sudden it doesn't appear out of nowhere. This this stuff has shown up other places. I looked it up on Wikipedia just to say, like, <laughs> are, did, did this come out of nowhere? What was um, it? It was called. Was it radium? Rhydonium. Rhydonium. It's, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's like super volatile fuel, which I guess yeah. is all fuel is volatile, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah. I think so. So, so they 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 go to this place because they're trying to find uh, they're trying to find out where Moff Gideon's um, his his ship is. Moff Gus. Uh, Moff Gus. Yeah. So that, is that, that's a Breaking Bad reference. I I, I just Bad. think I just think of Gus Fring every time that that Gideon is on screen. 
got I mean he's 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 so you're probably not going to watch Breaking Bad anytime soon because it's six seasons and it's I mean it's it's questionable. So unlikely. So yeah. so um spoilers for Breaking Bad ahead uh but Gus is this guy that works at like like think of a Chick-fil-A but Spanish. I right. think, I think that's a good way to w- kind of like sum it up. It's called Los Pollos Hermanos and he's like this the figure Does that mean the chicken man? The chicken brothers. Okay. Yeah. And so I I think yeah, I think the chicken brothers are Armano. Armano is like a like a dude. Like you can call somebody, but I think it just means brother. Yeah. So right. so um, he is the this face of like this really really nice company, and they and they do so much like good things for so many good people. But behind the scenes, he's like this. He is the chief kingpin drug overlord and okay. he and he kills people like left and right and it's mm. like it's like this contrast like between like this guy that's like so likable and is in his own small town and he's like he's like killing families you know what i mean yeah. it's 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 so moff gideon they 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 gotta they gotta be doing something insane with moff gideon for for them it's to, a uh it's it's kind of like hey you know if you work for this company and and are you know some kind of um, genocidal weirdo, you know, come and work for the empire, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely, because uh, that's who they are. Yep. Uh, yeah. So they they land on the planet, right? They gotta, um, they they discuss their plan. They're gonna take over a transport. Um, I kind of liked that uh, that that both Mando and uh, Mig sat back a little bit and let Cara Dune thrash those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she is tough. Well, especially I, I think, since. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you. I said, especially since Mando and Migs got the rest of the action in the episode, it was nice to just see, see like Cara Dune just take some. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's like, she's this amazing whirlwind of female violence, you mm-hmm. know, like um, just this, I, I don't know. There's something like, she's so like impressive and like she makes me want to go lift weights you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah i just love you know sam and i were watching the episode together and he was like is that the way you do it like do you smash the enemy into the control panel multiple times you know like when you're going to continue to drive the vehicle like you know how how well do they build these things and i'm like yeah i agree with you he's your son Um, absolutely yeah yeah it's like he's like is this wise you know like i mean if i want to drive this vehicle long term should i really be smashing people into its controls that's Um, funny yeah um so uh they they they, they're gonna ride this container ship to the factory i'll tell you it was it was funny i was wondering when there was this long period of time where Miggs just keeps talking and talking and talking. And I'm like, is he actually in that suit or is it like Boba or is it Fennec? Like is something else happening here? Because he didn't say anything forever. Wait, 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 which, which scene are you talking about? I lost you. When they're, when they're riding, right? Uh-huh. Like, so, okay. He hands the armor to, uh, to Cara Dune and says, okay, you know, guard this. And then he gets on to the, um, he gets onto the truck and it's like Miggs keeps talking to him and he's not answering and not answering and not answering. And I'm like, Oh, he's not answering because it's not him. Like oh, thinking, yeah. thinking the plot's going to go off somewhere. Um, well, I watched it, it with him- my dad and my dad said like, my dad said Miggs is going to betray them all. And I was like, and, and this was the second time I'm watching it and I'm like, ah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think everybody was feeling like this really weird like what are they doing with this plot uh yeah. at, at certain points you you had a you have opinions about the conversation that they had while they were riding yeah so 
um, Mando is like just kind of sitting there silently, and and yeah. Miggs is like, "Hey, uh, your religion isn't all that cool." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, you only believe it because you were raised on Mandalore, and Mandalore is taken over by the Empire and all but gone, and so is Alderaan, and Alderaan people believe something different." He said it a little bit more concisely than I just did, but he, I mean, <clears throat> I I think it's very interesting that Christians hear that line of logic and reasoning all the time. And that's something that we actually are like, I, I think I said, if we're good ministers, we, we would train our people to defend against that. So, um, it's, it's very interesting because I, I related to Mando right there. I was like, okay, so I'm the religious zealot that they're talking about. Cl- clarify what you mean when you say that we hear that all the time, like that there's no difference between people. So, so no, so what you'll hear is like, if you were born in a Muslim country, you, you'll, you were, you, you would be Muslim. And if you were, the only reason that you're Christian is because you were raised around Christian influences and Christian thought. And so that's the reason that you, you chose Christianity. That line of argument has been, um, at least like, like in my, uh, friend groups that aren't explicitly Christian, like that, that's, that's an argument that has been thrown around. Like, you know, we can't really know what's true because, Alderaan and um and Mandalore have different opinions or, or or America and Iraq have different perspectives you know you you just can't know which is culturally true I I think what's interesting about about that what you were talking about is like okay if you grew up if you were born into a Muslim country it's true you would be Muslim right you know mm-hmm. um it's but there's a distinction uh because here's here's the truth like right when we, uh, we, we see this having grown up in, in the church and in the shadow of Christianity all the time, you know, there are plenty of people who grow up in the church and yet choose not to live lives that would be considered Christian. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a massive difference, I think, between the, um, you know, the, a, a, col- a collectivist cultural structure that says this is the way you must be, and then a more individualist structure like in America where you can be, you know, there there's an intense freedom to be who you want to be um and yeah. so yeah I, th- I think it's it's interesting that the um that the that the conversation was your values and perception are shaped by the fact that this is where you're from and so of course you you believe that uh highly highly what what they would call ethically relevant relative relative relativistic yeah yeah, uh, yeah ethically relativistic um what I thought was even more interesting, he 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 says things like "we're all the same," right? He says we all cross lines, um, and I I think what's interesting about that is uh, we do cross lines. That part is true, yeah. The question is: Are we crossing our own ethical lines, or are we crossing cultural ethical lines? You know hmm. what I mean? Are we betraying something essential about ourselves and our code, or are we doing things that are our culture declines as, or, or defines as, uh, you know, this is an uncrossable boundary. You can't, you can't behave this way. Um, you know, you can't use these words or say these things. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, th- I think it's interesting that, um, you know, that he's, he's trying to level the, the playing field between the two of them and say, we're all, not all that different. Um, because he's, I, th- I think ultimately his deal is like he's a pragmatic survivalist. And it really seems 
it seems like the whole point of it is just to get Mando to take his helmet off. Like, yeah. Well, that's that's the know. culmination, which is like I'm worried about that because like is the argument here like really like postmodernism is 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 a utility. Like if if the argument of this episode is postmodernism postmodernism is a utility then i hate the argument of this episode <laughs> you know what I mean? while while enjoying the spectacle i'm like this this sucks you know what i mean because uh, i think postmodernism is depressing and it and it sends people into spirals of like hopelessness um and so when when you're talking about uh you only do what you you only believe what you believe because um you were told to believe it. I hope they take it in a different direction. I hope they say, um, there is a way to be a Mandalorian zealot and there is a way to be a, a, a true Mandalorian. There's a way to be a Mandalorian that, that, that honors, um, that does what's right, uh, without this, this needless commitment to violence. Um, so one of the things that's, you know, we talked last week about the kind of narrator that you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that that I think is interesting about the Star Wars universe is even um, even in the prequels, the universe is tending towards disorder, right? Whatever order is present is collapsing, right? That's the whole story of the prequels is that the order is going to fall. And I think in, that's why my generation likes it so much. Cause that's, that's what we see around us, man. Collapsing like, order. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the, um, the, the, the original trilogy. And I think this is what's, what's so appealing to me about them in uh, in the original trilogy, there is an order that surrounds everything, right? That's right. trying to maintain and say, uh, you know, in the words of uh, the the now deceased Neil Pert, you know, conform or be cast out, kind of a thing. Yeah, um, and, sure. And 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 particularly in this west, there's this western vibe that runs through the show, which I think is, um, you know, we choose order, not necessarily the order that's in posed on us, but we choose the order that's consistent with our ethics. And so, you know, there's this little family that's emerged now, right? You've got Fennec and Boba Fett and Grogu's part of it, although he doesn't get to enjoy it at all in this episode. We don't see yeah. it at all. But Cara Dune's part of it. Uh, Whoa. Din, Grogu, Grogu's gone for this episode, so Marin is gone for this episode. That's Yes. Oh my yes, gosh. She, she's been kidnapped by the Dark <laughs> Troopers. <laughs> How sad is that, man? I do oh wonder if she... I do wonder, and we love you, Marin. We miss you. I wonder, did she say, like, there's absolutely no reason for me to call in? <laughs> there's no um, Grogu. There's, yeah, there's nothing good to discuss at all. Oh, that's um, so funny. Yeah, but there's like, uh, even, so by the end of the episode, right, where does Miggs find his virtue, right? Where does he find meaning, and how does he push back against this, you know, this, uh, re- the relentless evil of the Empire, um, by slaughtering them all, <laughs> right? By destroying any any unionized factory workers that might happen to be processing Rhydonium at the time, right? Yep. You know, because that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but but he he chooses an act of defiance and creates his own meaning, and I think that that's um, that's got that Western feel. Like you have to you have to align with a morality instead of just you know getting whatever. Um, sticking with whatever you grow up with, you know, like, is, is it virtuous to not inspect your life? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's, that's worth pointing out. I'm not an advocate for, for just 
taking Christianity because it was handed down to you. Like while, while we, I think would believe, you know, like while we believe that Christianity is the truth, not a truth, we would say that's a truth you have to find on your own. You can't, your, your parents can't help you or your parents can't, can't grandfather you in. That's a terrible word for it, but they they can't, they can't make your faith, your faith. You have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you have to own it personally. Yep. Um, you have to own those ethics. Yeah, it's interesting. I found the uh, I found the interaction between them. Um, it was almost a bit of torment because, like, there were no responses. You know, like I wanted him to talk back. Um, I did too. Yeah. 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 But I think I think uh, that there's a build up to that. I think maybe he'll defend his his understanding. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so they they drive through the village. Um, I think it's interesting that they they focused on the the sad peasants, you know, in the village. I guess that was just to like highlight the oppression um, of the the empire, you know, and to to show us that these are these are bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you another another great moment in this episode when uh, when the 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 units that are ahead of that their particular vehicle when the explosions start. Um, I thought the explosions, you know, maybe this just sounds twisted, but they were so like vivid and moving, like they, they really enhance this threat, you know? So we have no jetpack here. There's no, there's no planes, but stuff in the jungle up ahead is blowing up. Like it was really, it was kind of, it was menacing, you know? And yeah. It was, it was like, wow, look at how amazing that explosion is. You know what it was? It was, it was taking you the viewer and showing you imperial propaganda and for 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 a a brief minute you said man the empire is kind of cool i have always sworn that the empire is I, cool. absolutely but but, yeah. but but you know like you as like yeah. let's say let's say the average viewer who's like all rebels you know like down with the empire like you you so after rooting for mando and after seeing him slaughter like so many stormtroopers and after seeing the empire as the enemy for, you know, like, like years and years. I mean, like yeah. you, you can tell me you love the empire all you want, but you don't want to see Luke Skywalker die. You know I'll say I'm, this, I'll say this and I'll, we'll talk wanted, about this. You wanted, you wanted Luke to join uh Vader, right? Isn't Absolutely. That, yeah. 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 You know, I mean, yeah, I, I think like, gosh, this is the biggest letdown in all of movie history. <laughs> you know, like if Darth Vader had said, I'm your real dad. I mean, like, doesn't every single kid at some point go through this fantasy where they're thinking like, what if I, what if my parents aren't my real parents? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like what if my real parents are these kinds of people? And so here we're presented with your dad is relentless evil and cannot (laughs) be stopped and has all cosmic power. And he's the most malicious, like terrifying. Yeah. prequels not included because the prequels turned him into a you know he just needs therapy and he'll be better yeah when when we saw empire he was just evil yeah and and at that moment you think like man what do you say together we'll rule the galaxy you say yes you say yes i want to rule the galaxy like you know see and i love i love the throne room scene in 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 episode six uh you know i'm a jedi like my father before me i think that's so cool yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all I'm all down with Darth Vader throwing the Empire into the pit. You know, we get to see his skeleton. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's cool. I love it. But I just I feel like, man, that was goofy. Um, but I do I do. Um, you know, I've always I've always felt like their uniforms are are cool and their mm-hmm. architecture's cool and yeah, uh, they've got the cool big ships. 
Um, so these <laughs> these pirates, right, come come shooting up on their skiffs, you know, and we've got this uh, we've got this rooftop vehicle fight. Um, did you did you see the Indiana Jones callouts uh, as um, as the one guy goes over the front window and gets crushed? Oh, and then, gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a huge Indiana Jones guy. I, I've seen, I've seen the, the movies maybe once or twice, but I, I wouldn't be able to pick out every, every single Indiana Jones. This, reference. this roof co- top combat was pure Indiana Jones. It was, there's always like moving vehicle on top of a tank, mm. like on top of a truck. Um, you know, the only thing that was missing was Mando getting thrown off the front and having to fight his way back up or going underneath the vehicle and not getting crushed. Okay, so time time for uh, things Keith hated because I have a oh, guess gosh. here. Okay, I have a guess you're going to take a guess. Yeah, you hated the fact that the grenades blew up whenever, like, it was convenient for Mando. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, I... I, you know, I read, I read your note on that and I thought, Ooh, man, like that's really, that really sounds like me. Yeah. Like, that does sound, that actually is not it. And I have it, it wasn't I have it written. I have it written. It's written right here. Like <laughs> it's right here on top of my monitor. So I can't cheat. Um, but I'll tell you what I, I would, you mentioned it and I'm like, okay, maybe, but yeah. man, when he threw, when he threw that one detonator and it blew him backwards, mm-hmm. You know, and he went flying toward, you know, I just, I thought, man, that was like, it was so beautiful. Like, <laughs> yes. It was just so like, it it was so, I don't know. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to rip on Clone Wars and the prequels. Like after they, after we've been exposed to however many years of Star Wars characters, just swatting everything away with their lightsabers, like to watch somebody get propelled backwards. It was just, I don't know. I was like, yes, you know, the whole episode uh, was, was, was pretty beautiful. I mean, like it was great. The whole, the whole, I mean, even the nature scenes and stuff like that, that's worth mentioning. Yeah. Like it, this was a, especially, um, well done. Uh, I guess, I guess in the, in the cinematography aspect of it, it, it was just really good. I thought that, um, the tie fighters swooping into the rescue, you know, mm-hmm. like, did you, did you get that feel of, of joy, like oh, yeah. they're being rescued by that's, the that's evil what I mean. empire. Like, yeah, yeah, like like it was like it, to see the stormtroopers celebrate and to see the camaraderie. You're you're just going, oh, they're human. You know what I mean? And yeah. and something hits you, and 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 then they rip it away. They they do. They rip it away. But but something hits you for like a minute, and you're like, huh? The empire is like you know just this organization, and and it's got camaraderie, and it's got friendships and it's got like all this other stuff and um you know Migs Mayfield says Republic New Republic or Empire doesn't matter to these people and they're yeah. going through the to the village and I, I'm I'm like I think oh. what's what's interesting about that is you know it does go to that theme that you talked about about the the moral relativism like mm-hmm. you know is is it am I um am I rooting like, is it wrong for me to be rooting for the empire because they're doing the right thing here? And I think that that's not morally relativistic at all. I think it's yeah. always okay to cheer people who are doing the right thing. You know, even if they're the worst people in the world and they're doing the right thing in that moment, you say, hey, you know what? That's the right thing. Um, it was very, uh, it was very end of um, A New Hope, like when when they come back and they've destroyed the Death Star and everybody's like cheering, you know, it was yeah. like, yeah, I, it was, yeah, I was kind of hoping that maybe um, 
you know, there'd be somebody that they recognize and uh, Mando would call the actor by their actual name, like, you know, Luke in, in the original Star Wars movie. Yeah. Familiar with this when he calls her Carrie Mm -hmm. instead of Leia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. Um, so, okay, so we're in the base, right? Uh, Migs can't go in to go and get the code because this guy, Valen Hess, is there. Um, and and Migs uh, worked under him. Yes, you yeah. know, and so, and so he'll recognize him. So uh, Mando has to take off his mask in order to access the terminal. Um, I'm he- wondering if his contract covers him taking off his helmet once a season. Like... You know, I don't know. Well, I I do know that that that's an important plot point. It's like it's like the Mandalorian religion um, is. Is being slowly questioned. It's like It's like it's like, is this a good thing? Is 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 the Mandalorian religion something that he needs to adhere to to be good? And and you you see the Mando um, slowly question this because the first time we see his face is in season one where the droid, you know, takes off his helmet. And, yeah. and and he says, I'm not a living being. Well, that's debatable. Like, like, I think people in Star Wars have different opinions on if droids are sentient or not, um, because there's this droid uprising. There's there's certain things. So I don't I don't know what was going through Mando's head in this fictional universe. But like um, there could have been an ethical qualm there. Uh, and then and then this intensifies it. Um, this is the second time he's taken off his mask. He kills everybody that's seen him with except for Miggs, which he lets right. go. Um right. and and uh Miggs had this line. One of my the fav- my favorite line that Miggs said was um is the line taking off your Mandalorian helmet or is the line not showing your faith or face? Because there's a difference. Right. And and I was like, ooh, got him there. You know, like like he he really he's either violating his convictions or he's not. And that's yeah. that's a rough thing for somebody to deal with, right? In a in a in a cockpit of of a of a you know, or in 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 the seat of the mission that they're they're in, like they're they're going in to 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 get these codes, and it's a high pressure situation, and he just drops this bomb on him, like, hey, you're violating your convictions, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ooh. You know, I don't know enough about. Um, I you know, I don't think that this is this taking your helmet thing has ever been a thing prior to this show, Mm-mm. has it? Right. So, well, okay. So they say they say that it's the Death Watch that can't do that, and right. even some members of the Death Watch in the Clone Wars took off their helmets, but not not right. all of them. So, so I think it's I think it's a thing that you know didn't exist prior to the show, and now they're like, oh, this is a thing. You have to keep your helmet on. Um, I do think I think from a practical standpoint, this is like the cult of the costume, which mm-hmm. is what Boba Fett was all about until last episode when he demonstrated why we have kept the faith and admired him all these years. Absolutely. Like we, yeah. And even this episode, he, he, again, you know, he remains completely and utterly functionally cool at every act. Like there's, yeah. he makes no mistakes. He doesn't drop anything. He doesn't miss anything. Boba Fett is, is I actually thought that Mando uh, proved himself in this episode a little bit. Like sure. with, with the with the combat that you said was so great, sure. like oh yeah, amazing. I, yeah, Mando to me, I was like, okay, he's a little bit better at combat than I thought he was. You know what I mean? Well, and and this time without weapons, yeah, like he's got mm-hmm. no tricks. He, you yeah. know, Batman's utility belt is missing, and yep. so there's no jetpack, no rockets, no whistling birds, none of that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. What what I what I think is interesting, um, and and I, like I said, I don't know enough about the religion. 
uh, or the the code. But there's something. What's interesting about it is that he's not such a fanatic that he won't break yeah. the command. Like you said, um, you mentioned in your note that he broke the law for love, and I think this is interesting, right? Yeah. Um, in in the in the Book of Romans, right? Uh, the law comes up several times. And by the law, we mean the Jewish law, covenant made at the mountain, 633 commands eventually, right? You know, that that describe all of the ways in which Jews are supposed to observe the law. And, and Paul points out that uh, the law teaches us that we're sinners, right? In the book yeah. of, of, of Romans, it, it instructs us that we are not as holy as God because God can keep the commands and, and we cannot. Um, the, the, Book of Romans also points out that the the law is there to show us what righteousness is, right? And so Messiah, that's Jesus, lives the law perfectly. We receive his righteousness when we put our faith and trust in him. He cancels out our sins. Like, that's the gospel message. Sure. Um, not that we have our own righteousness and we're better than anyone. And, and, and Romans spends a huge amount of time elaborating on this theme. But one of the, I think, most important passages in the book of Romans shows up in Romans 13 where it says that, um, you know, that all of the commands are summed up in the one command, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And then Paul says that um, to, to love, you know, love is doing no harm to your neighbor and that the one who loves has fulfilled the law. And so I thought that was really, I, th- I think it's interesting that, that we're seeing it maybe, you know, for him, from his perspective, we're seeing it as he has to compromise his ethical principles to save someone he loves. Sure. Um, but nobody watching the show blames him or thinks that he's bad. Absolutely. For doing it. Yeah. And, and, and it's either a secularist trick or something we can leverage leverage. And I think it's both. <laughs> no, so- I th- yeah, I think, I think that, I think that we, we all agree that this restraint of not taking your helmet off is foolish in the long run yep. if it's gonna if it's gonna cost you someone that you love. Um, so I I I I thought that was I thought that was good. Um, Romans fourteen is what he launches off of, and in from Romans thirteen, and uh, sure. and that's all about you know like people are gonna have different convictions. You know what I mean? People yeah. are gonna people are gonna have uh, different takes on different issues not explicitly covered in scripture what and and look man if if like if if the body of christ could just go read romans 14 right now the world would be a better place and internalize it you know what i mean yeah um because you you, go ahead i I think what what one of the things that you're you're pointing out too is he says each person needs to be convinced of these things in his own mind like yeah you have to you have to they have to be your convictions, not just rules that you're following or rules that you're trying to impose right. on other people. Um, so I thought, yeah, there's a, um, it, uh, it's, it's just interesting. Cause it, to me, it's not like a shallow dilemma, like, Oh, you know, in order to win, he's going to have to take off his helmet. This is like, this is critical, you know, and it's, uh, you, you had mentioned in a previous episode, the whole thing about Jedi not having attachments mm-hmm. and, uh, and here, you know, here he, this character in the Star Wars universe has got a clear attachment to this, uh, cute little green thing that he's palling around with and he's mm-hmm. willing to do anything to save him. Yep. I like that. Yeah. Um, TK numbers are back. 
uh, you know, uh, he doesn't remember his TK number. And so the officer starts to get frustrated with him until Miggs saves him. TK numbers um, never le- never left. Yeah. Were they, um, so the TK shows up in the, uh, in the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And, no, it uh, shows up. And any, yeah. any other media surrounding the original trilogy. Um, okay. And in the prequels, they're called CT numbers, clone trooper numbers. Does it? Sh- does TK show up in? Is it in A New Hope? Do they ask TK four two something something? What's your TK position? Fo- yeah. yeah, TK four two four two two one four. I I'm gonna get roasted yeah. by Star Wars nerds, but sure. it's like it's yeah it's it's uh you've left your post and he and and they're they're in the Millennium Falcon and and we're fine we're fine yeah. everything's fine yeah yeah Han Solo classic um. Did did you catch when he said we're gonna go fill out TPS reports? No, what was that? That's an Office Space call out. Um, oh. The movie Office Space, yeah, which is a a cult classic. I only know it because people are constantly mentioning TPS reports all over Facebook. Okay, um, but a couple of my friends, I noticed posts on Friday and Saturday about TPS reports on Facebook, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, they're all they've all seen the episode. Flew right over my um, head. Yeah. So and there's a lot of that. I realize there's a lot of that in the yeah. show that like if you don't know everything about everything, you miss stuff, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. Yep, absolutely. Um, so so we we get to toasting the empire, right? Sit down, have a drink. Um, you know, Mando's losing his mind because his helmet's off and so he's like, you know, I I kind of was sitting there wondering like is this what he looks like all the time under his helmet? Is he always this nervous? Um, you know. Uh but so they have this discussion about the empire. Um, you you have a couple observations about that. So yeah, the the general. What what's the guy's name? Valen Hess. Valen Hess. You 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 might as well have just called him like Uncle Sam. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 an American, um, just patriot. Like you know. Like all hail my country, you know, kind of thing. And he yeah. he discusses the empire, um, as if they can do no wrong. Uh, there there's some there's some clear parallels I think being drawn between the empire and American imperialism. It's like okay. they're they're calling out. Um, th- I mean, they're calling out like warmongering among american generals and presidents and 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 i just it's such a it's such a weird time to do that you know it's such a weird place to be when um yes i mean like like i think i think war it goes on but things right now are relatively peaceful you know what i mean um in terms of world conflicts yeah yeah in terms of like yeah. like you know, we, we, we haven't, um, gone into any, any kind of pointless wars in a while. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's cool to pick on America. It's cool to say, oh man, our history is so jaded and we we are the bad guys. So, I mean, you know, so they, 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 I think they use the American stereotype purposefully here to, to just kind of say like, look, the empire can be us too. Yeah, I, I I think that you definitely have a, um, you know, from the origination of Star Wars, you have a uh, 
a, a comparison of imperial uniforms very much much look like German military uniforms, like the caps. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I meant to say that it's an Amer- yeah. it's an American Nazi, not just an American, right. but an American yeah. Nazi. You've got you've got that there. I do think that there is a um, the the what I took away is the bigger implication. I don't know that I necessarily saw it as necessarily as anti-American as much as like back when uh, uh, George Bush was president, you know, sure. and we were entering the Iraq War. Like the prequels were very um, they were they were very heavy with political messages. And and I was kind of like, man, what are you doing? Like, don't drag Star Wars into this. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, you know, that this was uh, the the last two movies came out after 9-11. Uh, the first one, the, the Phantom Menace preceded 9-11. Um, and so it was just it was, you know, to me, it was weirdly political at the time. But I, I do think that there is a uh, there's a theme in that discussion uh, about how the uh, the enemies of the empire are going to eat themselves alive and that that the empire doing what it did that they had license to do whatever because it was in the interest of the greater good um that that any misery any sacrifices any people dying were okay because of what it was going to produce yeah uh, in yeah. the long run uh, and i think what's that ahead. you're going to you're going to absolutely um, hate me for saying this. Sure. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. The, when he said, uh, order, when he said, yeah. and then we'll have order. Yeah. That, that was foreshadowing the for, first order. And there was a glimpse in my, in my head. I said, okay. So the sequel trilogy, the reason that the first order came into power was because, uh, all of these systems went into disarray when the empire came and there was enough time. So, so it started to piece together things in my head to where, sure. To where it made a little bit more sense. And I was like, Oh yeah. no, they're, they're not going to like, I, I'm, I'm afraid that by the end of like, you know, this, this 10 year onslaught of, uh, star Wars media, I'm going to end up liking the sequel trilogy. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, we've talked about this. I don't think the only re- if, if the show only exists to reform, the uh, the horribleness of the sequel, the the sequels, then we're in serious trouble. Yeah. Um, I I do think there's an interesting comment. Um, you know, given our current political situation in the United States, like with the, um, you know, there's an entire group of people who want freedom. They want the economy opened. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to. They want masking orders to be thrown away. You know, they don't want. Uh, what they're calling government oppression. And on the other hand, there's a whole group of people who are calling for greater government interventions in terms of health, right? You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, make masks mandatory, keep schools closed. Um, You know, let's not let people die for the sake of the economy. And, and so I was kind of shocked to hear, to hear uh, Valen Hess say, everybody thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. Cause that seems very contrary to the, political opinions that I think would be conveyed by the star Wars franchise. Like, you know, Whoa, like, yeah, that, that is interesting. Yeah. And like, like, um, he's basically, yeah, he's basically saying like people really want order. And this comes on the lips of, of the, uh, the Imperial officer, which I thought, uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought like, man, that's interesting. I don't know. I guess. So here's, here's my takeaway of the politics of the episode. I don't know if they were really trying to send any kind of message as much as it was just 
pot stirring. Well, you know? and Just, that's that's see that's what I love like about yeah. Star Wars. You know, when when Star Wars uh, the Last Jedi was was overtly political or like like I mean like that's people people got upset and rightly so because like I'm I'm here for an escape. I'm not here to discuss politics. And and in the Mandalorian, it's like. I think what what's really cool is when people play both sides. They're going to go, oh, I'm going to argue for conservatism over here, and then I'm going to argue for li- liberalism over here, and you're going to have to figure it out. And it's yeah. like, that's nice. Thank you. To to which I, I think that the guiding, like, it, and, and I don't know that we can lose the Westerner, the, like the Western piece of this, like by which I mean like gunslinger Western yeah, for theme. Sure. In, 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 in Western movies, right? The hero is always, he doesn't care about chaos. He doesn't care about freedom. Like he doesn't care about order or law. He, he knows true virtue and he acts and he does whatever's right, whether he's going to get shot and die or whether he's going to walk away and ride off with the beautiful girl. Like, it, like the, the gunslinger does the right thing always. That is so um, cool. And, that's so yeah. freaking cool. Wow. I yeah. think that's. Yeah, that's what we, I mean, that's what we love about Han Solo. That's mm-hmm. what we love about Mando, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so Migs, you, you you have a comment here about Migs's reaction. Wait, 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 what did I say? Crap, I'm, I'm not there. Com- you're, you're comment fine. as me. Yeah, that he gets emotional over living through the Battlefront video game. <laughs> and he shoots okay, the okay. Imperial officer. Okay, so, so Operation Cinder. Was yes. this mi- was this mission that you played in Battlefront Two, and okay. what it what it was was um the Imperials uh pretty much just treated one of their own worlds like crap during during the um oh man the details are so hazy if if you like basically Operation Cinder just was was this very very tell all mission about the evil um intentions and evil nature of the Empire they left. N- thousands and thousands of people to die like whole cities were gone um and 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 uh you you play through that mission and you just kind of see uh some so the the storyline is an imperial officer questions her allegiance to the imperials and she goes and fought she goes and fights for the rebels it's actually really cool i I like yeah i liked battlefront 2 storyline yeah nice so he freaks out and he puts a a blaster shot in Valen Hess, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, of course, everybody, um, all, all of the the troops in the base start pursuing them. <laughs> I did like that and, scene, that like shooting. that awkward moment of like, what just, what just happened? happened? Yeah. yeah. Which I think, like, like you know, if you're at a real base, a real military base, like somebody somebody puts down an officer, somebody's gonna put them down within within yeah. you know a second. But the stormtroopers just like, what? <laughs> you know, I, like, I, huh? I saw a really I saw a really interesting. I read over an overview article and the, the author of it, it was in um, it's the write up for the blog for Forbes and the author, he said at some point they're going to have to solve the stormtrooper problem. Yeah. Like that. We're not, we're not menaced by stormtroopers anymore. Like right. we're kind of like, we know they're all going to die, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that they're not, you know, so we need some better villains. And I agree that there was some menace to the dark troopers last episode. Like, yeah, Man, what would happen if they tangled? And maybe mm-hmm. we're building up to the to the finale here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so out the windows and climbing. Uh, did you notice that one stormtrooper like tried to fo- f- to like squeeze his way out the window and <laughs> yeah. one just of got, them just got shot, right? Like Yeah, he, it was yeah. That was um, funny. 
I also thought, have you seen uh, The Magnificent Seven, the movie with um, Ethan Hawke? And, I have uh, not. It's got, oh gosh, there's so many good people in it. Denzel Washington, who's like one of my absolute favorites. You mean, you mean the Western? The Western? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. I, I think it's called The Magnificent Seven. Something Seven. Um, yeah, I agree. You, yeah. There, there is this tradition, I think, more and more in Westerns and in movies like Saving Private Ryan, where the main gunfight or battle is going on and then you've got somebody sniping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now here in this episode, we've got Cara Dune and Fennec, um, you know, sniping. Her gun was super cool too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cara Dune's, it was like, it was like a, this huge, like powerful weapon. Um, so they get up on the roof, right? And they're running away and there's this moment of jump, you know, which we've seen a lot of jumps in the episode uh, mm-hmm. is, is, um, is Migs going to make it, you know, Boba Fett, of course, comes swooping in like an absolute boss. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, he just like there. John Favreau is so brilliant because yep. he's giving him. I, I just hope I hope that he gives Boba Fett like seven or eight episodes of doing absolutely nothing wrong just so that we can enjoy what we've been waiting for all this time. So knowing that Boba Fett is amazing. The depth charge was was just yes. incredible. When I saw when I saw that little uh compartment open and that and the bomb and I I yeah. I, I was just like here we go. This is going to be amazing. And and that sound effect, I mean it was just it was just really cool. Well, it's what I I'll tell you what I find so interesting, right? So Miggs blows up the refinery, right? You know, he doesn't care who's in it, if they've mm-hmm. got families, whatever. He's like I need to take out my piece of the empire and mm-hmm. redeem myself. Um and sometimes it's like, oh, the base blows up and you fly away. And sometimes you get chased. And here they get chased by TIE fighters. And so I was thinking, oh, here we go. Like space battle time. You know, mm-hmm. like we're going to have a fighter battle. But, but you don't get a fighter battle. You just get Boba um, Fett owning them. Yeah, with the Django Fett space mine. We had a um, Star Wars made these like kids toys for a while that were like, they weren't like the action figures. They were like kids toys, you know, mm-hmm. like the ones the ones made for little kids that when you put them down, they, they wouldn't fall over. They were, they would always stand up. Do right. You know those? Um, they're like play school action heroes or whatever, but they, they had that mine in Did the they? toy. Yeah. You could push the button and it would fall out. And I saw it and I was like, what is that? And Sam's like, that's Django Fett's space mine. Right. So, um, yeah, I went back and I watched just to see how cool it was. And it was just as cool. Yeah. I, I, I liked, I liked the, the depth charge. Um, so they, they fly off, uh, they let Migs go, which, um, I guess Bill Burr is kind of like his, his persona is awkward. Cause Migs was like, I was like, bro, they're giving you their freedom. I've seen this in a thousand movies, just take it and go. And he was like, what, what's happening? What's going on here? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. And then he eventually runs off. Yeah. Um, and then comes the end, right? We, which we, I, I. My dad, the, the comment my dad made was he, he just let him know he's coming. Like he blew the entire thing. Like when Mando, um, goes and, and, and says the whole thing, the whole spiel, yeah. uh, uh, to, um, Gus <laughs> Moff Gideon. Uh, okay. When, so, so here, here is the, what Keith hated, right? Okay. Here we go. The hologram. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. I, okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, yep. now, I did not catch initially, but the, on, on first watch, I was like, that's it. That was stupid. Um, and not, not for the reason that, that 
about losing the element of surprise, although that's an interesting wrinkle, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Sam pointed out to me that it's a direct quote from season one, episode eight, and I guess that shows up at the very beginning. Yep, it does. I And I, I just must have missed or skipped the intro or something. I don't remember. Yeah, the, it was in the recap. But in, in Westerns, right, when, when they're going to come for the enemy, they like put the enemy's henchmen on a horse and they like ride the dead body back into town or they like send a box of snakes or they like send a newspaper in the Godfather like of, you know, fish wrapped up in a newspaper, you know, like they send a message. So you they thought send, it was a lame like, way to do it. I just thought, man, like send a thing, like yeah. send, send, send a, 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 you know, a box full of uh, stormtrooper helmets or something. And when he opens it, he'll be like, they're coming or something, yeah. you know, like it's about intimidation, mm-hmm. not about, you know, I don't know. It was, it was sappy. used, it was used to be sappy. It was used to like, like point our attention in in the direction of baby Yoda again. Grogu. I think if Marin were here, Marin would be like, Oh, I loved him so much. He's such a good dad. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. and, and, and I'm not going to say that I didn't have that reaction too, because I was like, I was like, heck yeah, Mando. But like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any expectations for that scene. Um, no, my, my reaction was, is, is like, I, I was like, oh, it's a missed opportunity to do a Western callback. Cause that's what I'm, one of the things I'm seeing as I'm reading articles is people are like, oh, this movie is just like this Western where these people need to, uh, there's some Western movie apparently where these guys go and get nitroglycerin in barrels and they need to like ride it in a wagon. Right. And it's like, they, they said, that's this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know if there's a factory and scanners or anything like that in this yeah. Western, but um, so they're, do, they're doing, and I just thought, man, it's an opportunity to miss that. But I did think when I saw it, I wasn't like, Oh, you care so much. I was like, discount Darth Vader. You're going to get it. Like yeah. he's going to put a bullet in your head. You're going to die. And we're all going to be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my, yeah, my reaction. So um, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of good, good stuff in in this episode i also i noticed something um so far in the show we've seen assassin robots guard robots prison robots and we've got dark troopers um there's been one good robot right mm-hmm. um even even the um those what are those stupid junkyard robot things that show up from the the prequels you know th- yeah those are yeah they show up and they're just annoying, but yep. um, all robots, uh, I th- and I think unlike the prequels, robots are really bad here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do all kinds of bad things. They kill people. Uh, they keep people in prison. Um, they transport people to prison and they steal baby Yoda. You know, like robots are are bad, which I think is an interesting cultural point as we... Um, as as we enter into this brave new world where the robots well, that think, we were expecting, mm, hmm? I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's a cultural point on our end. I think what they're trying to do is show you the the Mandalorian view on droids. Mandalorians hate droids, um, and and that's just like a key thing about Mandalorians. Mandalorians just, you know, um, I think I think there was a point in their history where they got slaughtered by droids. And ever right. since then, they say, you know, we hate droids. The rest of the galaxy is operating with droids. You know, you see amazing droids like R2-D2 and, and, and Mando doesn't see any of that. All he sees is the, the evil fighting droids out to, you know, kill him, you know? Yeah. 
So I, but, I think it's I think it's more of a window into Mando's head than it but is. But we are I'll tell you, we are at a point right now and, and so maybe you'll see my like nineteen eighty four paranoia or sure, orientation sure. Okay. here. You know, if your phone, right, if you live in a certain place in China, um, and your phone attempts to connect to two or three public Wi-Fi points where on, you're Keith, not Keith, allowed Keith, to Keith. be. You're going to, you can get us banned in China. Come on. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the police, the, the police system will actually dispatch a drone to take your picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But right now they can do that. And here's the other thing. Like, this is what I'm worried about what's coming, right? If you speed three or four times, like if you pass two or three checkpoints on the road, um, there, there are, uh, there are rumors that certain places are testing uh, drone systems that will dispatch and take cam take pictures of um, of your car. And so it's not just that we have cameras on tops of light posts anymore. Now we're actually dispatching the robots to go and film the vehicle wow. uh, as it's traveling. So uh, it's interesting because I do think there's something edgy about that. And uh, yeah, it really it is. It, it is. How do we control the works of our hands? How do we control the things that we've created? It's our own technology. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, man, good stuff. Good episode. I think there's a ton of stuff there. You you got any other uh, things that you want to? Um, oh, 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 I wanted to ask you, um, do you think so? Next episode, last episode, right? Yeah, yeah. We, next next episode is the last episode of season two. Do we get two. Grogu back, or will it be an Empire Strikes Back style cliffhanger? Well, I mean, it is season two. Yes. I I don't know. Maybe. I I mean, like, I think I think Marin would die, but if so. <laughs> if we have to go an entire season break without Grogu, yeah, I I think I think for Marin's safety, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that Grogu gets back. <laughs> I think we'll see him. I think that yeah. we'll see him, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the cliffhanger thing, um, right? Because because I think John Favreau knows he knows what he knows what we want. We want a little bit of like space is a cruel, evil, horrible place where bad things happen. Yeah, no, I mean, and and that's that's true because like I think I think the Disney films were too uh, safe. You know, there was there was nothing really bad that actually did happen, and that that was the yeah. problem with them. It's like it's like. The first order blew up a pl- bunch of planets we didn't care about. Oh no, you know, it's like yeah. okay, those are planets. Yeah, I I get I get that, but but I mean, none of them were even named. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we don't That's get right. a name. So um, we don't. Yeah, at some point we stop caring about populations of planets we know nothing of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, strange too, by the way. I I I do wonder, like on that planet. Right. Like, where did all those pirates come from and what did they really want? Like, what was their goal? Just to, like blow stuff up. Like, they didn't seem like they wanted to steal anything. They wanted to pirates. steal. They wanted to, to. Um. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Why were they blowing up the the Rhydonium? Well, and, and the villages are populated like with Asian humans, right? Maybe maybe it was a contract. So pirates in, in Star Wars, uh, they'll, they'll take jobs for money. Uh, they, they look like Hondo Onaka's crew, which Hondo Onaka is a big figure in in the Clone Wars, and he he um I have seen him. Yeah, he he would do he would do something like that. Like if he if he had a a bargain to fulfill, he would he would he would dispatch them. We, we might just not be getting the whole story. I'm not sure. I'll tell you why I think they they were aliens. 
because we are less bothered by them exploding <laughs> than we are about about human beings exploding. That's I just I feel like it's like man, like when he when he threw that one detonator and hit that guy and everything blew up. I'm just like yes, you know. And I think like I probably would feel bad if it was like like some dorky human who yeah. was like no, you know. And then he blew up. I'd feel yeah. like gosh, I'm a pastor. I probably shouldn't be excited about people exploding. Um, but aliens is okay. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Cool. So. Good deal, man. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, yep. My encouragement to our listeners, as always, is, is hey, thanks for listening to us. Uh, feel free to share. Feel free to like us on Facebook. Um, you know, and we have uh, an Instagram keep, account keep now. Um, we do. What's our Instagram? It's uh, underscore finding underscore the underscore way. Nice. <laughs> I, I think. Um, Love it. Yeah. And, and so. Um, I think if you if you type in underscore finding underscore, I think we'll show up. Um, can't promise, but nice. We'll we'll get we'll get we'll get the um one of the things that I did want to do is get the social media portion of this podcast cleaner and and actually yeah. make sure that we we hit it. Um, so expect a cleaner version of of this segment on next week's podcast. But nice, yeah, awesome, absolutely, Good deal, man. All, All right. right, well. That'll that'll be it for us, and uh, we will see you next week for the last episode of the season. We have spoken.